All right, the passage that we're considering this morning comes from uh, the third book of the New Testament. It's the Gospel of Luke. So it goes Matthew, Mark, Luke, and we're dealing with uh, Luke chapter 17. So if you have a Bible, you can turn there, or if you have a device and you want to follow along on, on your advice, we uh, uh, are using the English Standard Version of the Bible here. Also, you will find the passage uh, above me on the overhead. So what we're doing is we're continuing our thematic series on healthy attitudes uh, dispositions that we should have as individual Christians as well as the body of Jesus Christ. And uh, for those of you who are new here, we've been going through uh, this series together for the last couple of weeks. And uh, the first attitude of the disposition that we looked at that's very important for us as individual Christians and as a church is that having, having a spirit of openness, that God has not called us to be closed off as Christians, but to be open to him, to be transparent with him uh, and also with each other and also uh, to the world. Obviously, we're not to be closed off to the world. And then um, the last time we were together, we took a look at what Christian joy was all about and how as people are recipients of the grace of God, we should be a people of joy, not only expressed on the inside, but expressed on the outside because the matter of the heart, according to Jesus, always spills over in our lives, in our attitudes, and in our actions. And the same thing could be said about the next attitude that we're considering this morning, and that is gratitude. To be a people of thanksgiving. And what does that really mean? What does it mean to be a grateful people? That's what we're going to be considering. And then, very quickly, one other thing. As we go through this passage, some of you here who are regular members, you might say to yourself, some bells might be going off, you go, didn't we consider this passage not so terribly long ago? And the answer to that is yes, in our afternoon catechetical series where we looked at, on the basis of this passage, the indispensability of faith. The emphasis and the sermon are completely different this morning. Now we're going to be looking at the indispensability and importance of gratitude, of thanksgiving in our lives. So draw attention now to this uh, well-known story of the cleansing of ten lepers. On the way to Jerusalem, he, that's a reference to Jesus, was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, Were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. So this is a fascinating story, and really, if you notice, it's not a very long one. I mean, it's only nine verses, but it's, it's a very, I think it's a rather interesting passage, it's very instructive for us regarding this whole important matter of, of gratitude. So now, um, kids, I want you to listen up here this morning, because... Um, I'm going to explain this story in a very simple way. And even if you're here this morning, you're relatively new to all things Christian and of the faith, I'm going to explain it simply too, all right? It's not going to be simplistic, but it's going to be simple. Now, with that in mind, take a look at the overhead, if you would, 
I'm going to have you uh, look at a number of passages that have to do with, and they're only a sampling from the Bible, because the Bible has so much to say about thanksgiving or gratitude. But take a look at the Psalms. There are a number of, it's right in the middle of the Bible in the Old Testament, and the Psalms, there's such things called thanksgiving Psalms. Take a look at Psalms 105 and one, through 108, just a sampling. Oh, give thanks to the Lord and call on his name. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Why? Because he's good. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for his steadfast love endures forever. The psalmist says, I will give thanks to you, O Lord, among the peoples. And when you read that term peoples in the Bible, that is in reference, not first and foremost to God's people, but to the nations to the nations of the earth. Now, Ephesians 4, 6, and 7, Therefore, as you received Christ, so walk in him. Abounding. Abounding in thanksgiving. Next. Colossians 4, verse 2, Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in thanksgiving. Next. 1 Timothy 4, 4, for everything created by God is good and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving. And finally this, 1 Thessalonians 4, 18, give thanks in all circumstances for that is the will of God. Now that's a hard one, isn't it? You know, we tend to be a grateful people, things are going well, but if they're not going well, that's really hard to be thankful, isn't it? The Lord takes someone from us who is near and dear. It's hard to be thankful. You know, when we're going through financial struggles, it's hard to be grateful. Yet, the Bible says, in all circumstances, because everything comes forth from the hand of God, and even the difficulties in our life, God oftentimes turns for our good. Therefore, give thanks. Now, um, that word thanks or thanksgiving or gratitude in the New Testament, I'm getting a little bit technical here, but I think it's a really important point. It's the word in the original language, eucharisto, or verbal form, eucharisteo, which means I give thanks or I show gratitude. Now, kids, listen to this, okay? Listen to when I say that, that, that term from the original language, eucharisto, eucharisto, charis. Ah, charis is a root form of that word, which is the word in the Bible for grace, for gift. And car, from charis, is a derivative word meaning joy. So why do I bring these kind of technical points out? Because in the Bible, these three things are linked. Grace, joy, and gratitude. The idea, idea being this. That when you and I, by the grace of God, are given the gift of faith to see Jesus for who he is, and the gift of faith to embrace him for what he offers us, namely the forgiveness of sins and reconciliation with God, when we become recipients of that gift of grace in our life, the, the natural result is what? It's, according to the Bible, it's joy. It's gratitude. So if you have a person who claims to be a Christian, but they don't exhibit much joy in their life or much gratitude in your life, you really have to ask yourselves the question, but then do they really understand the gospel? Because the gospel is all about grace. The gift of grace that leads us to Christ. 
But it's when you understand grace, it's really when you understand the gospel, that all of a sudden the natural result is something that's very beautiful. It's, it's joy and it's gratitude. And you know what? That's exactly what we see in the story before us. So let's go on and take a look at, the, at this story. It's, like I said, it's a very simple story. It's a very short story. Kids, listen up again, okay? What do we have here in this story? We got 10 lepers. And when I dealt with this passage about a year ago, you remember when I explained who a leper was, a leper was someone who had leprosy. And leprosy was a, a terrible condition that affected not the skin only, but the, but the nerves of the body. And your nerves are making what you, your, knee, your nerves are, are those things in your body that, that make you feel things, pleasure, but sometimes a lot of pain. And these are individuals who, because of their leprosy, could experience a lot of pain, but also a lot of deformities in their lives. So you look at this hand, it's a healthy hand, but, but this is what happens with those who have leprosy. It becomes like this, and they get deformities in their eyes and their ears and their hands and their feet and their bodies. It's a, it's a terrible, terrible disease. And when, when people would see these lepers, particularly among the Jew, people who are Jews and who embrace the Jewish religion, when they saw these lepers who were either walking by themselves, but oftentimes as part of colonies, that means they were part of a group of lepers, do, do you remember what, what is a term that's used in the Bible? When they would look at these lepers, they would cry out something. They would cry out, unclean, unclean. And the reason why they did that it's not because the lepers were dirty and they needed to take a shower. But they did that because these, these lepers were physically unclean. They had all these deformities as part of this, this terrible condition that they had. But even more so, they were spiritually unclean. That means that, that the idea among these Jews, and they were actually taught this by the religious leaders of the day, that the reason why these men had this terrible, terrible condition known as leprosy is because they must have sinned against God. And because they sinned against God, God was judging them for that sin, and that's why they were lepers. So they would cry this out. So kids, you know, when you think of, of those who are lepers, that, that was, a very, it was a very lonely thing for them, you know, very lonely. But this didn't stop, as we move on in the story, this didn't stop the lepers from seeking out Jesus. And they approached Jesus, and what did they cry out according to the passage? They cry out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. The implication is that, you know what? People were not showing mercy to them, so maybe they could find mercy in Jesus. And you remember what Jesus said to them? Jesus said, go show yourself to the priests. Go show yourself to the priest. And it's like, well, what's behind that? Well, basically, what, 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 the, what the writer Luke is showing us here is that Jesus came into this world to be the great law keeper for those of us who are law breakers, and we're all law breakers. So it was incumbent upon Jesus to fulfill all the requirements of the law of God. And Old Testament law required that if a person had leprosy, um, they had to go to the priest to be examined by that priest. So Jesus is fulfilling that, okay? So he says, go to the priest, and, and what do they do? They obey Jesus. So, so imagine this, kids. Jesus, Jesus hasn't even healed them yet. He just says to them, you're crying for mercy? Okay, go show yourself to the priest. And not one of the lepers goes, 
okay, you know, like we were really kind of hoping for more, like for healing. No, they just obey Jesus. I'll get back to that in just a moment. So they start walking to the priests, and, and as they're going, Jesus heals them. And our text says, our pastor says two things. One, he cleansed, he used two different words. He cleansed them so that they were no longer unclean, but then he also healed them. He healed them of their deformities. Now, you think about that. Use your imagination. Say, just imagine you're part of those lepers. And you, you've got 10 of these guys, and they're walking to the priest, and all of a sudden, this kind of turns into to this. And they look, and they, and they examine each other, and they're astounded. No doubt they're astounded. And they're, so they keep going on to the priests. But here's the thing. As the 10 are going to the priests, there's one who, when he begins to see how he becomes clean and the deformities are gradually being removed, he's so taken aback by this that he turns around and no doubt says to himself, this has changed my life. I need to go back and thank the source of the one who gave me this. And he did. And he came back to Jesus. And the interesting thing about this is, is that Luke describes this in the story. And none of these lepers are named. Not even this one person who goes back to thank Jesus. Never mentions his name. But he does not mention his ethnicity. That he was what? That he was a Samaritan. In fact, you know, um, I don't know if you can see it above here, but if you have a Bible or a device, you take a look at verse 16. We read that the Samaritan fell at the feet of Jesus, giving him thanks. And then we have this sentence. Now, he was a Samaritan. Now, the original Greek manuscripts don't have punctuation, like periods or commas or colons or semicolons or none of that. So this is, this is, this is um, an, an editorial point here. And they put it in the, the, the phrase of a sentence. Now he's a Samaritan. Now if you look closely at verse 16, you could read it like this. And he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Then Jesus answered, we're not ten cleansed. The story would just go by really smoothly. My point is, is that the gospel writer Luke makes it a point to insert this in here as if to say, by the way, among these ten lepers, only one came back and, yeah, by the way, he was a Samaritan. Which, when you read a story like this, and this is why in your own Bible reading and your own devotion, right, just sometimes just, if you have a short story like this, ponder it. Just don't read it. Ponder it and kind of ask yourself the question, oh, why this? Why that? Why this insertion? It's really a parenthetical statement. Now he was a Samaritan. Why did Luke do that? And here's why I think Luke did that. Because the Samaritan is the last person in the world we would think would thank Jesus. And why is that? It's because, it's because you've got you to realize that the other nine lepers, although it's not stated, these were Jews. And the reason why they were Jews is because when Jesus said, go show yourself to the priest, they didn't say, uh, priest, what are you talking about? No, they knew who priests were. And so they just obeyed Jesus and they went. But the Samaritan was kind of a half-breed Jew. He was, he was kind of a mixed-race kind of guy. And behind that is this, very quickly. In 722 B.C., 
you had this very strong nation at the time named Assyria. And they came down upon the nation of Israel. And Israel was filled with Jewish individuals, right? And they came down upon Israel. They attacked Israel. They invaded. They conquered Israel. And they took a number of Jews in Israel and imported them to Syria. And they took a number of Assyrians and imported them to Israel. And so what these Assyrians did is start mingling, interacting with these Jewish people. And some of them got married. So Assyrians and Jews get married to each other. And what that did is, in the eyes of the pure Jews, racially pure Jews, they, they, they became compromised. And these are people who are within the covenant of God, who married outside of the covenant, and they became compromised, not only racially, but religiously and morally. So the Jews typically looked down upon Samaritans as these kind of half-breeds and spiritually compromised individuals. So Luke is setting us up to say, man, I would never thought that would have happened to a Samaritan, right? That the Samaritan would actually thank Jesus. And you know what? Real quick, this is what you find in the Bible sometimes is that you find ironies that, that the very ones who should be thanking Jesus, these covenantal people, Jews don't, but this man who is compromised religiously actually does. And, and sometimes you find that in the Bible, particularly John 4, too, where Jesus deals with the Samaritan woman at the well. So sometimes the Bible gives us indication that when the covenantal people who know better do not follow the way of the Lord in the way that they should, God will work outside his covenant people and take people who would be possibly would look down upon what the Bible calls Gentiles, and he will actually work grace in their heart so that they will do what God's people should be doing as a way of the Lord saying, my people, wake up, wake up. That's, what Jesus, that's, that's, that's what's happening here in part to this passage. Okay, So anyway, you have the Samaritan, and uh, he gives thanks to Jesus. Now, what I want us to do is, as, as we read this story together, just kind of put it aside for just a moment and think about what does the story actually teach us about being a thankful people, being a, a grateful people. And it teaches us a number of things. I'm going to mention three. And these may be things that we're not thinking about, but they're in the passage, and I hope to demonstrate that. First thing we learn about thanksgiving or gratitude is this. Being obedient is not the same thing as being grateful. I'll say it again. Being obedient is not the same thing as being grateful. Now, why do I say that? You take a look at the story. You analyze it carefully. You see Jesus says to these men who are crying out for mercy, he says, go show yourself to the priests. And what do we read? We don't read about any back talk. That's exactly what they do. They go, there, they go show themselves to the priests. They all obey. But though they obey, that doesn't mean necessarily that they were grateful. So, except for one, of course. And that one actually has that in his heart and he turns around and he goes ahead and he, he thanks Jesus. What's the point? Again, you can be obedient and you may have a very sensitive conscience to doing the right thing. It doesn't make you grateful, though. Sometimes it does, but sometimes it doesn't. 
So here's the thing. You, you, may, you may know the right way. You may be sensitive to the things of God. You may desire to be obedient. And that's, I'm not here this morning to say that's a bad thing, right? Because Jesus says, um, if you love me, you will keep my commandments and they will not be burdensome to you. So the Lord requires of obedience. He requires obedience from us. So, so we may know that and we may be sensitive to that and we may know rules and we may know protocols and we may know what's expected of us and what's not expected of us But it doesn't mean that inside in our hearts we're warmed by the gospel of grace and that we really realize just how beautiful grace and the gospel is and all the benefits. It doesn't mean that we necessarily understand and appreciate all the benefits that we have in Christ. So our desire should be, Lord, make me not only obedient But Lord, make me grateful and help me understand all of what I have in Christ. Okay, that's the first thing. That being obedient is not necessarily the same thing as being grateful. Also this, closely aligned, being obedient is not the same thing as being praiseful, full of praise. For instance, uh, take a look at verses uh, 17, 18, and 19. Then Jesus answered, we're not ten clans. Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? So again, you got these ten lepers, and, and Jesus says, go show yourself to the priests. Again, they obey, and they go, but there's no indication that they ever came back to Jesus and said, thank you, <laughs> praise God. You know, But um, the Samaritan did. Take a look closely again uh, at the wording of the passage. Verse 15, and one of them, that's a Samaritan, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, now notice closely the language, praising God with a loud voice. Now, that, that, comes, that comes as a participle. It doesn't come in the era's simple past tense. Now, again, a technical point, but it's important because it doesn't read aorist. And he praised, past tense, and he praised God with a loud voice. He said he was praising God. You see the difference? His, what we see in the, in the Samaritan is that his, his praise was persistent and also, I'm going to show you, effusive. So it was persistent, it was ongoing. So he's praising God with a loud voice. Then verse 17, Jesus answered, were not the ten clans, were the other nine, was no one found to return and actually give praise to to God. You also see verse 16 that he was not only praiseful, but he was gratitudeful, thankful, full of thanks. Verse 16, and he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him. He didn't say he gave him thanks, it said he was giving him thanks. You see the persistence in this? In other words, the indication is, is that when Jesus healed him, he came back to Jesus, and there was this effusive, ongoing praise and ongoing thanks. He couldn't stop himself. And I want you to notice it was not only, not only persistent, but it was what I call effusive. I mean, it was out there. What do we read? That, that he thanked Jesus and praised him with a loud voice, and he fell bodily at the feet of Jesus. 
So the point that I've made in the sermon on joy is the same that I make with gratitude. That gratitude joy is not just one in here and saying, I'm a thankful and I'm a joyful person. It is necessarily in some way brought to the surface of our lives. Whether it be in our attitudes, whether it be in the way that we relate to people, whether it be in the way that we witness to the world, whether it be in our worship, Joy in worship, thankfulness and gratitude in our worship. This is expressed on the outside. This is exactly what we see here in this man. And it's at this point um, that I wanted to to actually show you just a a video that's less than one minute of Chinese Christians. And we we can't show it. It's not because it's a problem with the AV team, but it was, it's just technically we were not able to do it. So anyway, just trust me on that. And it was, when, when I think of joy and gratitude, the video ex- is, is surrounds, and if you want to Google it after, don't do it now, but if you want to Google it after the worship service, just put in Chinese Christians receiving Bibles. You'll probably get it. It's only about a minute long. And there's these Chinese Christians who know the Lord, who experiences grace in their lives, but who don't have any Bibles, something you and I take for granted. And, and, and the video, maybe you've seen this, they're, they're, somebody brings in a suitcase and they open up the suitcase and they're all around like, what's in there? And all of a sudden, it's a suitcase stuffed with Bibles. And they all gather around here. They're like, like bees in a hive and they're all surrounding us and they're grabbing Bibles and, and, and they're, they're crying. They're crying and they're just doing this. They're, they're kissing their Bibles and then one young woman gets up and, and she's just crying, just just talking to this group about how precious the word of God is, you know. When I think of joy and when I think of gratitude, I think of that. I think of that. But, but one final thing, quickly, and that is this. If obedience is not the same thing as gratitude, and being obedient is not the same thing as being praiseful, being obedient is not the same thing as being faithful or full of faith. Again, you've got these ten lepers, they go to the priests, but there's no indication that they expressed any faith in Christ. Now, maybe they did, maybe they didn't, but the fact is it's, it's that the passage is silent, but how different it is with the Samaritans. Verses uh, 17, 18, and 19, then Jesus answered, we're not ten cleansed, we're the other nine was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner. And he said to him, Jesus said to the Samaritan, rise and go your way, your faith has made you well. Or the original language puts it literally like this. He says, your faith has saved you. Saved you. The, the indication that, that we receive here is that when, when the Samaritan was healed, it's not like Jesus was being kind to this man, but Jesus was responding to the heart of this man and the response of this man, which indicates that he was a man of faith, that he placed saving, redeeming, healing faith in the very Son of God, in Jesus himself, and understood that Jesus was the source of his salvation of his healing, his cleansing. So I want to end with this. Are you not only obedient, but are you grateful 
praiseful and faithful. And, and I want us to, I'm not, by asking the question, I'm not saying we're not, because only the Lord knows our hearts and fully knows our lives. But you know that the point of preaching and the scriptures, right, and the working of the Holy Spirit is to help us search our hearts and ask those kinds of questions. Because I think the passage really demands that we ask the question, are we, are, we not, are we not only obedient, but are we grateful, praiseful, and faithful? Because, my friends, think about, think about what you have in Christ. What you have in Christ is, is, is not, for many of us, not only health, but what we have in Christ is we have something even more important than the physical. But we have the spiritual. That has to do with this, that in Christ, through faith in Christ, we are like, like this man here where the word Jesus says, you... Um, uh, your, your faith has saved you. Think about what we saved by faith. We've been saved from the guilt and the power and the penalty of sin. And we've been saved on the basis of the Bible through faith in Jesus Christ from the wrath of Almighty God himself. But the beauty is, is that when you express faith in Jesus Christ, repentance and faith, we come into a new position with the Lord. And that's not one of rejection, but acceptance. Not one of judgment, but of acceptance. The, the, the word that the Bible uses is reconciliation. We're reconciled to God. There is no more important, beautiful, and praiseworthy thing than that. Because it not only deals with this life, but the life to come. Right? But when you take a look at the Bible, not only are we saved from something, but we are saved to something. To what? To on the basis of this passage. To a life of joy, praise, gratitude, and human flourishing, which so many people in the world would love if we would just point the way to them. So if you're here this morning and you don't even know what it means to be in Christ, the call to you is come to the end of yourself, man. Just come to the end and just say, Lord, I need you in my life. I repent and I believe in you. And now I'm going to do what you have created me to do, and that is worship and is to live a life of gratitude for all the gifts of your grace. And if you hear this morning say, you know what, there's hardly a day when I have never known Christ then, man, thank God for that. And then may that result in ongoing Samaritan-like praise and gratitude and ongoing faith. And may that response of ours, not just in our heart, but in our lives, reflect some of the perfect thanksgiving that, you know what, we're going to give to the Lord in glory one day. And I want to leave you with this passage from Revelation chapter 7. Would you put that up there, please? Keep going. Keep going. Oh, okay, there we go. After this, I looked and behold. Take a look at this. A great multitude that no one could number from every nation stood before the throne and before the Lamb, and they were clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands, and they cried out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And they worshiped God. And they said, now notice this, amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and the thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever, amen. One day, 
All stand with people from every tribe, nation, tongue, giving praise and thanksgiving to God for all eternity. And may our praise and our gratitude here below begin to give us a foretaste of that perfect praise and thanksgiving that we'll give to the Lord one day. May it be. Let's pray uh, together. Heavenly Father, oh God, we do pray. Make us, make us a people like the Samaritan here in this passage. Uh, a people of praise, um, a people of faith, a people of deep-seated gratitude, one that warms our hearts, but also, Lord, is expressed in our lives. And, and Lord, we pray that you not only grant that to us, but you will deepen that in us through the ministry of your spirit so that already now, oh God, we may begin to reflect the perfect expression of that gratitude in the new creation one day. Grant that to us, oh Father, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.